Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into a New Testament passage from the book of Ephesians, but before we do, I think Eric has something for us. It's time to reach back into earlier podcast episodes and bring back time ambiguous banter about big social events that may or may not have happened yesterday because we record these podcast episodes a week in advance. Nikki, did you could you believe what happened in the Olympics yesterday? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that bobsled. Oh, it was it was sporting to the max. <laughs> sports. They were <laughs> they were athleticizing and they were they were they were throwing like things. throwing things and they some some people caught stuff. And some some people are fast, and other people are faster than them. And some they, people were really slow. They were very slow, but nobody's, not nobody's, nobody's slow, slow in the Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> Slower. <laughs> You're crazy fast, or just a little bit less crazy fast. How many hours did you spend yesterday watching the Olympics, Clayton? Twenty-seven hours. That's a lie. <laughs> This is all a lie. <laughs> Nikki's watching bobsled during the Summer Olympics. <laughs> I can't believe that the U.S. women's soccer team lost. That's unbelievable. I'm still, I'm still mourning that. Mm. And this has been Time Ambiguous <laughs> Banter about big social events that may or may not have happened yesterday because we record these podcast episodes a week in advance. Nikki? Yes. So, um, Eric, well, I'm just going to hand it right back to you. What are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Right ba- And back to me. <laughs> We're in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 20 today, and so we are just going to jump right in. Clayton's going to read it for us. All right. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, we went from time-ambiguous banter to that pretty serious uh, portion of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, you know what? We have the comma method, right? Context, observation, message, meditation, application. 
Sometimes when you're reading the Bible, especially when you're towards the end of a book, like we're in Ephesians chapter 5, you have likely already looked at all the study notes. You've probably already read the intro in a good study Bible when you started reading that book of the Bible, or you went to the Bible project and watched the overview of that book. And so uh, when you're reading towards the end of a book of the Bible, sometimes there's really not a lot more context work to do. Uh, And sometimes passages are so straightforward, like this one, that you don't really need a lot of context clues. So we're going to move right past context today and move right on to observation. What do you guys see in this text? I see a lot of like visual examples, Uh, like this, this idea of like, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Um, I remember a while back, like when I was in school and we were writing a paper, this is when I was at Moody, and we were talking about that 1 Corinthians 11.1 passage where Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I remember trying to find some sort of visual example that represented that. And I found a picture of a little boy, uh, it's like a black and white picture of a little boy walking behind two older men and their hands were crossed as they were walking in front of him and his hands were crossed too. And I and it was just this idea of like kids imitating older people. You know what I mean? Like much like us. Like we imitate our fathers, we imitate our mothers, we imitate people who have had some sort of a a, a big impact in our life. And that was a, a visual for me, God being our father, us being his sons and daughters were to walk in the way of love. And and another one that I saw was um this really cool one of like it's that phrase find out what pleases the lord and then another one understand what the lord's will is it kind of gave me this visual of like seeking um like actively going and looking for something um and finding out what pleased god like going and and actively doing something to figure out what that was Another uh, set of imagery here is the contrast between the light and the dark, kind of in the middle of this passage. There's the uh, the the like high contrast, uh, literally, between these two states. There's a way of living that is uh, out in the open, and it's uh, it's bright and it's uh, glorious, and there's it's not shameful. And then there is kind of in the darkness, in the shadows, in the hidden places, uh, these things that are shameful to be done in secret. There's these kind of uh, two settings in the light and in the darkness. When Nikki was sharing her thought, I was thinking about an ongoing conversation I, I have with my wife about Christmas gifts or birthday gifts and whether or not you should be able to request them. <laughs> so my, my wife has always said, like, let me just tell you what I want for my birthday. Let me tell you what I want for Christmas. And I always say, well, that's no different than us just going out to the store and just buying stuff we want. Um, I was always more of the surprise me. It's my job to kind of like figure it out. I, I consistently disappoint my wife with gifts <laughs> because I will not let her tell me what she, what she wants. So, so, Deanne, I think after reading Ephesians 5 and listening to what Nikki was saying about finding out what pleases the Lord and doing that, I've been a bad husband. <laughs> you, have, you have told me what would please you in terms of gift purchases, and I have not been listening. So... Deanne, I will start listening to you now, and I will buy the gifts you want. Uh, that is a that was a that was a great uh, observation there. That there is there is work to be done to find out what pleases the Lord. 
And I, I love all of the, it's not particularly in this text, I know we're doing observations of this text, but I love the fact that God says things like, if you seek me, you'll find. Uh, those that really want to know, he will tell them. And so he doesn't, he's not playing hide and seek with us, he just wants a little bit of, uh, a little bit of cooperation, a little bit of effort. What else you got there, uh, Clayton? Uh, let's see, I see, um, I just like in this opening uh, phrase, the dearly loved children. Nikki kind of alluded to that with the little boy, you know, following the, these these guys. But there's the there's that uh, feeling of like, what what does God actually think of us? How does He see us? It, it's very easy in a passage like this that talks a lot about our behavior, which is really important. Like God's trying to you know steer us towards things that will be good for us and away from things that will be bad for us. But it can be easy for us to default to. This is about God wanting to control us. Uh, this is God wanting uh, to, you know, so there, there's sort of a harshness to it that can come across. But if you start with that uh, first kind of image of God sees you as a dearly loved child, someone that matters to him, someone that belongs to him, that he cares for, then all of these things, especially the ones that might feel more difficult, um, which is often the case we were talking about uh, sexuality or greed, which has to do with our money and things like that, where a lot of people feel like, like they're like a pain of those things being addressed by God to say, no, his stance towards you is seeing you as a dearly loved child. He wants what's best for you. There's this wonderful book called The Spirit Within, published by Chosen Books, a division of Baker Publishing. <laughs> I don't know who one of the authors might have been of that book, but in that book, what we talk about, uh, we, yes, that's right. That's one of my books. Uh, talk about when when you've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You once were not a child of God, now you're a child of God, right? And you try to go back to some of the old behaviors. And what you find out is it's super uncomfortable because they just don't fit you anymore because you are now living in the kingdom of light and you're one of God's kids. And so instead of, and I, I'm thinking about that right now, because you look at that and you say, this is just a bunch of rules, things not to do. And what we're being coached on is it's just not for you anymore. You were called out of that. You, you were set free from all of that nonsense. And so don't go back to it. It doesn't fit you anymore as one of God's kids. Yeah, another contrast here that I see is in verse 15, where it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And I think... Unwise could probably be translated disobedient, and wise can be translated obedient, you know? And it says making making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And uh, I think to myself, like, I don't I don't think he's meaning, like, the actual day in and of itself is evil. Tuesday. It's so evil. bad. So bad. But it's that idea that every day we're coming against all of these things that we have to either make wise or unwise decisions about. And I think what God's calling us for as his children is consistent obedience. I look at the particular things that are highlighted here, the particular behaviors that, uh, that Paul addresses, and some of them are ones that make us uncomfortable when they're addressed, but I, I actually think that they, are, they represent things that for a lot of people are the things that really mess up their life. The, the, the things that lead to the, 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 the situations that, are, that are, are trouble for them. So you, you see sexuality. He says not even a hint of sexual immorality. He talks about, talks about greed in here, uh, what, people's desire to acquire more. 
talks about um, the way we talk, you know, the kind of uh, obscenity, coarse joking, those sorts of things. Um, and then I see uh, not getting drunk and some of these things. And th- those are things that sometimes, you know, there, there's a caricature that you can say, oh, religious people are like this. You know, we care about who you sleep with, don't swear, and don't don't use alcohol. And there's this sort of like, you know, uh, you know, oh, those kind of prudish kind of things. But the reality is, those are things that when they are snares for people, when we get outside of how God wants these good things, these are these are things that uh, have a, a a proper place, but there is an improper way to do it, an unwise way to do it. Those are things that truly, truly mess up a life. And so, uh, again, as God's dearly loved children, He doesn't want us to have those things be a snare and a and a, a destructive thing for us. Anything else in terms of observations? Yeah, I think we can uh, point out some of the those those good behaviors, you know, like he says, but rather be thankful, right? Um, and then he talks about uh, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think when, again, when we start to... Uh, follow Christ's example. We start to imitate him and we replace some of those old behaviors with new behaviors. We we take off the old clothes and we put on the new clothes. That's a, a metaphor sometimes you 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 you, hear, you see in the New Testament. It's this idea that we'll start to let go of those old behaviors and characteristics and instead they'll be replaced with thanksgiving. We'd be more mindful of what Christ has done for us and we become more thankful when we find ourselves in uh, hard situations. We start to speak uh, truth to people. We start to speak encouragement to people. Um, it, it's it's all of these beautiful things that never used to characterize our life before, but now it's it's just it's this beautiful picture of who we become when we when we represent Christ well. So I've got a, a maybe a, a challenging question here. In verse eleven, I was talking about. Uh, not have anything to do with the the fruitless deeds of darkness. So saying, don't do those things. But then it says this, but rather expose them. What what does that mean, practically speaking? So does that mean that followers of Jesus are supposed to be pointing out, hey, look at look at what this person's doing. Look at what that person's doing. Like this, that that seems uh, both a little bit impractical because there's a lot of things that lots of people do, but it also Honestly, it has a kind of judgmental vibe of saying, "Hey, look what I found!" Like you know, it's the tattletale. It's the uh, you know the the person who's always just on the lookout for how other people have done wrong. What what do we mean by uh, expose the deeds of darkness? I think overall, how we are coached in the New Testament is not to be we're to be in the world, but not of it. So we're not supposed to like completely separate and never interact with unbelievers, but we are supposed to be distinct. So in the world, but not of it. And so if we are children of the light and we are living in the light, our presence exposes things. And so we don't participate. And sometimes by not participating, what we're doing as children of the light is we're exposing the darkness of the thing, right? So if everybody's going along with some evil, dark thing, it's not exposed because everyone's going along with it. But as soon as one person in the light, stands up and says, I'm not doing that. That's nonsense. Now, all of a sudden, it's exposed. And you know what happens when it gets exposed, right? Some people are convicted 
and they come to their senses. Some people get super angry and, you know, start criticizing the person that's exposing it um, and start calling you judgmental or, you know, have a thousand justifications. So I, I, that's my best shot at that. I, I think that Christians are supposed to be in the world, but not of it. You know, one of the things I was thinking too, like when it says, this is why it said, wake up sleeper, right? Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Is, are we also supposed to expose the things that we know that are going on inside of us? You know what I mean? So that we don't keep doing them. Yeah. You know, that's that act of confession. Yeah. When we, when we confess something. So, okay. So as you, as you guys are talking, it, it makes me think of like a few different kinds of situations. One one is the situation that, that Eric is talking about where there are things going on in the world that our difference just stands in contrast and it, and it highlights it. There's what you're describing, which is our own reflection on ourselves and saying, I've got I've to bring this into the light. I've got to expose the fact that this is going on so that I can be forgiven and, and, and change. But then I, I also think it, uh, one thing that came to mind was a verse in 1 Corinthians where it talks about the distinction when we've got to call each other out on, on sin, and there are people uh, within the Christian community that we have a responsibility to each other when we say, I, I see someone that I love and that I'm close to, like they're, they're, they're committed to Christ and they're not living like it, I've got to go to them and say, hey, this isn't okay. And there's a, there's a process there that, that, that calls people back from those things, and there's an exposure of that, like there's sin here, we've got to talk about it. Um, but in that same passage, it describes saying, it's not our job to be the judge of all the people who aren't Christians. Like that, we're not. Our job isn't to individually say, "Let me call you out on this thing," but like Eric described, we are exposing it simply by the contrast that we give. So there's a, a number of different ways that maybe that applies. Yeah. So I, I forget what uh, where where it appears in the New Testament, but the the whole notion that judgment begins in the house of God. Uh, and even Paul says things like, "I don't expect people of the world who aren't following Jesus to live." Like a Christian, and so there is there is a difference between uh, what we would expect of one another as Christians versus our responsibility to be light bearers in a dark world, and how how you do that in a in a way that doesn't come across judgmental. But sin and evil likes to hide; it likes to be in secret; it likes to kind of masquerade, right? And and light always exposes things for what they are, and so. Uh, it's it's an interesting balance that we have to strike being in the world but not of it. Uh, and my mind is going a thousand different directions right now on this topic. That was a real that's yeah. a really good question. All right, for the sake of time, we're going to have to move on from observations to let's go message first today. So, what kind of message can we draw from this text? I think I want to go back to an early observation that 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 struck me of of God calling us dearly loved children, and I I think I think I want to zero in on that that is a message of because God loves us as His kids, He wants us to live in a way that's good for us, and to 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 look at that that uh, uh, kind of filter of when I'm looking at these things God's asking me to do, to say I'm doing this because He loves me. And he wants what's best for me. Yeah, I, I had a similar message. I, I said that God desires to teach me, and he invites me to learn from him and to grow more like him. I think that's amazing. Uh, my message is a conflation of two verses. So verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord, and verse 15, be very careful then how you live. 
an intentionality to live as a child of God, to appreciate that I have been called out of darkness into light, that I'm now in the family of God as a child of God. There's some intentionality that needs to come with that. Find out what pleases the Father. Be very careful how I live. So uh, let's move on to meditation. And we have three pretty different messages today coming uh, from from the three of us, uh, which is often okay. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play Pick Your Own Message today. So whichever message uh, seemed to resonate most with you as a listener of this podcast, think about that for 45 seconds. And now for application, we, we do context and observe the text and draw out a message and think about it and pray about it. And then we get to application, the so what, what am I going to do about it? So what are we going to do about this text today, guys? Uh, my application was that I, I need to seek to know and to understand God's will more. And, and you say, well, I, you still have to do that? Yeah, because it's this continual pursuit. It doesn't stop. Um, and... How do we do that? We, we do that by reading his word. We're doing that right now. Right now, we are, are seeking to understand God's will more through this podcast. And so um, I just need to, I just want to continue to seek so he can reveal it to me more and so that I can apply it to my life. I think uh, I've got two things. Uh, one is related to the, the, the message that I had about being dearly loved children. And I, I think, I think we'll, the application is to, to do what I hope my dearly loved children do to me. So like when I <laughs> tell my kids to do something for their own good, because I love them, what I want from them is to, for them to say, okay, dad, and do it. And and I, I want to say, are there areas in my life where I am dragging my feet and not doing what God wants me to do? But if I realized, no, he, he loves me, I'm going to say, oh, this is a good thing for me. I'm going to embrace that, not as something that's a you know, a, a burdensome thing, but it's something that's going to be good for me. Uh, but then here's the other thing that the, uh, another section of the passage came to mind, this whole light and darkness thing, which wasn't my message, but um, a, a, a way of reflection on my life would be this. What if there was a light that was shined on all of it? What would be the things that I would say, that's a shameful thing done in secret, where if it was shown that I wouldn't want that exposed? You know, like there, there is a, an application of saying, I want to actually pray through and say, where are some things, where are things that I wouldn't want the light to shine on, because that would be shameful if it were shown, and, and deal with that. Mm, that's pretty good. That's like the classic youth pastor question that you ask teenagers, like, if, if we showed uh, the last 24 hours of your life on a video screen for everybody to see, would you be comfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable? And most, most of the things that make you uncomfortable with that is the fact that you're a teenager being asked that question, I just feel awkward about everything. <laughs> I don't want people to see me. No doubt. Uh, I am compelled by the notion of 
being light in a dark world, that we are children of light, and just our presence being distinct can sometimes uh, accomplish the purposes of God, that sometimes people just notice the distinction and it shines a light into their life that perhaps sets them on a course of pursuing God. Um, and it, it, it's a both and, right? So you have, you have some people that say, you know, it's, it's when people always talk about the, the quote that says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And it's like, oh, okay, but you have to explain the gospel to people, right? Like to, to talk to people and explain to people what Jesus has done for them on the cross requires like actual words and conversation. Um, but that is not to the exclusion of recognizing that we are children of the light in a dark world and living a distinct life is something that God uses to shine his light. And I, I'm just compelled by the thought. So my, my application is uh, to somehow, and I'm going to have to like journal this and think about how I'm going to do it, but when I know I'm going into circumstances where I am going to be mostly surrounded by people who are not following Jesus, to remind myself that being distinct is a really fun thing because God could really use it. All right, well, I'm stepping into the host role that Nikki normally performs to close this episode because Nikki's voice is starting to hurt. And so I'm going to try to do this from memory because Nikki has closed the podcast episode so many times that she just does it out of her head, no longer on a script. So, well, folks, that's all we have for you today. Hope, Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next Monday with another Bible Savvy podcast episode. Uh, if you're not joining along with the Bible Savvy reading schedule, we'd invite you to jump in. You can find all things Bible Savvy at BibleSavvy.com. Don't forget to subscribe, invite your friends, and we will see you next week. Yeah, that was, that was good enough. Sweet. That's all, y'all. <laughs>